everyone this is Lynn and Julie from Yoga Story and we're coming with, to you today to talk about yoga and sobriety from alcohol yeah so uh, Lynn and I decided um, during COVID that uh, we wanted to get sober Lynn did at first and then I decided to join in and we've had a lot of questions from uh, the yoga community <laughs> yeah, a lot of questions about uh, what was the drive behind it and what we were doing and just kind of this whole you know we want to know more things so that's what this podcast is about and we're in no way uh casting judgment um we talk a lot about it at this studio in particular we talk a lot about your body is amoral it's not good or bad um it's a body and food is not uh, it, food is amoral as well. Food is not good or bad. And so that includes alcohol. So this isn't in any means to cast judgment on anybody in the space of drinking. Um, but you know what? I thought, Julie, like we could first start off um, throwing this on you kind of last minute, but talking about how alcohol has really become ingrained in the yoga culture. How many times do we see? I mean, we do it. We go do yoga and beer. Uh, you have yoga and wine all the time. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, and that's kind of, a th it's very social, um, especially drinking wine. It's like a lifestyle, or, or a lot of people think of it as kind of like a lifestyle. You know, I have a little glass of wine, I sit on my patio. Um, but I think for, um, and it's fun, you know, it's something to do. It, it brings people together. Uh, but I think that it's, there's a difference between ha uh, having those occasional, uh, fun outings with friends and having a drink and or a glass of wine and then or sitting at home and like what I was doing and just drinking yeah and I think that's an important um, aspect of it because we were talking with uh, one of our other managers Beth about the space that you approach uh, drinking from or why are you drinking and that became a lot of um, at least for me uh, the decision to stop drinking was bringing a lot of that from the subconscious into the conscious. Um, so let's just kind of talk about that. Like, Julie, what was your drive behind the decision to get sober? Well, I think, uh, and I'm going to preface this by saying that, um, and I, I have had people just come out and point blank ask me, um, do you think you had a drinking problem? And I'm going to be very honest with you and say that, yes, um, I felt like it was becoming a big problem um, because it was daily. And I was definitely using it as a crutch um, to just cope with stuff that I needed to deal with. Um, I was preparing myself to do a 300-hour teacher training, and I knew that I was going to have to make some big changes in order to face that task head-on. Um, I just felt this, just this pit in my stomach every day when I would wake up in the morning just from just feeling like crap and just like I'm just wasting my time. I'm not getting anything done. Um, and I just felt bad. You know, I just felt like I wasn't being true to myself, mm. that I was just really being, I was just like putting on a facade of, you know, who I think I really am, but who I really was being was, was not who, who I wanted to be. So I just, I faced it yeah, and just said, I, I got to quit. And I sat my family down and said, I just, I'm not going to do this anymore. And this is where it's headed. And they've been really supportive and, um, 
and it's been great. Yeah. Can, can we pause real quick and talk about like all the questions that we because I got asked the same question. Well, did you have a drinking problem? And it's really interesting in our culture. Uh, and I've noticed it a lot now that I'm, I've not been drinking. And, and when uh, Annie Grace mentions it in her book, um, This Naked Mind, how messed up our culture is when it comes to drinking, because it's really glorified. Uh, you know, there's a lot of mommy juice and it's wine time and lots of glorification about needing alcohol to get through the day or to handle or deal with stress. But then when someone says or decides that they want to get sober, suddenly they have a quote drinking problem and quote. And it's like, well, but that's what we've been glorifying this entire time is using alcohol to deal with our problems. So why is it now suddenly that I have a drinking problem? <laughs> it's, it's really, and it creates, uh, you know, Annie Grace talks about it creating cognitive dissonance that we're like, but I'm being told that I need alcohol, but then when I decide I don't want alcohol, then suddenly I have a problem, and that's so counter. And that was what I thought was really weird is when I started to get those questions as well, that it was, uh, and it was all well-meaning, um, but it was a lot of, well, do you feel like you have a problem? It was, it was weird. <laughs> it was, it was just really weird to kind of get those questions, and um, the drive behind my decision uh, was a lot of it was stress management because um, we did have to shut the studio down for eight weeks uh, during COVID and then open up to really, really strict restrictions. So I started off getting uh, a friend and a friend of mine and I had talked about it and we did the 30 days together. Uh, initially, uh, we did this Naked Mind um, or the Alcohol Experiment, both by Annie Grace. We can't say enough about her books. It's, they've really been awesome. Um, and so I did it, and I actually stayed sober from January to March until we had to shut down the studio. And then it was just like game on from then on. It was March to May of just nothing but drinking a lot. And I felt really, really awful. Like everything felt really terrible all the time. <laughs> uh, it was really hard to get out of bed. I wasn't very motivated. And so I told myself, like, if I don't stop, this is going to be a really big problem because I, it, the pandemic just kept going on and on. And they were talking like how it was now, uh, it was summer last year that it was going to continue on if the numbers didn't go down until, you know, the end of 2020. And now it's still, it's 2021. And while things are opened back up it's still not normal I mean we're still not back to you know where we where we were supposed to be so I thought I have two kids I have and they're they're really spread out um an older teenager and a younger toddler and I want to be able to be there for the toddler as I get older and uh, what I was doing was not going to enable me to to be there fully for him um, and for my business. This is my passion. This is my purpose. So that was the drive behind my decision um, when I started again in May of last year to really like do this, do this, not just reassess or reevaluate or cut back. It was like, no, it's done. I'm done. Um, and after it took, a, it took a little while. Um, so I, I've been sober for over a year, and it took a little while, though, for it to not be hard. It was really hard at first. Did you find that 
to be true for you, Julie? It's still hard. <laughs> it's still hard. Uh, I'm thinking about, uh, no, I'm not. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it, it is hard. I stopped drinking the week before Thanksgiving. Um, I just really just kind of hit just a really low spot. And I just felt like, man, I'm just, I'm done. And I have, I have gone through periods in my life where I have not drank for up to a year or longer, uh, just off and on. And I just decided though, that this time there was just a different shift for me, that it was just more of a, okay, this is something I think I permanently want to step into and make it a lifestyle of being sober. But it is hard, and I still, I like the taste of alcohol. I know Annie Grace talks about that we don't really like the taste of alcohol. <laughs> we just think that we do, and I'm like, I don't know. I think I really like the no, taste I, of alcohol. No, I, uh, I really like a nice beer. <laughs> um, so I don't know what that means, but yeah, it's hard. So I've been sober since November, um, and it's been fantastic, and I feel incredible. I feel really, really good. But I do. I still battle with the cravings. And I'm really honest about it, though, when I'm when I'm craving. It's funny because I'll I'll sit down and I'll say to my husband, I bet I want to drink. And, you know, so I'll start like, you know, eating something or whatever, which that's another podcast. (laughs) I was talking about that on another one Um, because you have to have some coping skills. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, it's still there. I don't think it's ever going to go away for me. How much would you say that you were drinking on average? Oh. And how often? Ooh. That was a big conversation that I'd have with people, too, because it was a lot of, uh, first, the, the you know, it would be like, oh, did you have a drinking problem? And then it was like, oh, you were drinking every day? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I was. I was, I went every day, most of the time, at least every other day, and it would just depend on you know, like we would open up a couple of bottles of wine and watch Netflix or, you know, my kids are of drinking age and, and they still live at home with me. And so we would like get out, you know, we'd play games and like, oh, let's, you know, make some drinks. I mean, it was just, it's hard to say, but it was way too much. Let's just say it was way too much um, to where you wake up in the morning and you're like, why did I do that the night before? I just feel so terrible. Um, so yeah, there were hangovers and stuff too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my, uh, I think beer and wine were my two biggest ones. I don't really like hard alcohol. Um, cause that was, that would be too quick. Like I needed, I was starting to drink at like 4.30 in the afternoon, 4.35 o'clock. Uh, if there was something like, I don't know, morally, uh, <laughs> felt better morally if I waited till five, <laughs> I, that's another one of those weird things that's like, we feel better about drinking as long as we wait till a certain time. Like, yeah. I, I mean, there's a whole song about it, right? It's five <laughs> o'clock somewhere. <laughs> like that makes it a better choice, <laughs> but I'd never like hard alcohol because that would get me too drunk too quick. So I wanted to be able to nurse it all night, all night long. So it was two, three, you know, glasses of wine. Um, but they were, you know, nice, heavy pours. They weren't just little four ounce glasses of wine. Um, and it was, it was every single night. I don't think there was a night that I wasn't drinking. So it wasn't enough to be like super bad hungover the next day, but it was enough to feel like, feel like shit, you know, to really, to miss runs. That was, that's been part of the social, um, 
repercussions of being someone with a drinking problem, I'll just go ahead and say it, a drinking problem, was that I'd, I'd miss runs with my friends. They'd schedule something early in the morning on a Saturday and I'd cancel all the time because I couldn't get out of bed. Like, you know, there's no reason for me to. I don't feel good, so I'm going to cancel. And so they quit inviting me. Yeah. Um, so that it was really, oh, that and I got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> it got real slow, but, <laughs> um, but that was, you know, another thing as I, I still drink when I was pregnant, I didn't drink every day. It was maybe more like once a week. It's really slowed down with that. Um, and I drank when I was breastfeeding. Um, it was an, ins- it was, a and a, a, what a statistically insignificant, I guess is what you would say. It wouldn't be enough to harm the baby. And that's not a proud moment for me to say that. Um, but and I, I controlled it, but I felt terrible about it. Felt like a horrible mother, judged myself, felt judged by others, even though they didn't know. Right? There you go. What? There you go. But so, yeah, I think I could safely say, you know, it wasn't like I was getting drunk in the middle of the day. And again, this is not a morality thing. This is a part of the issue with society and trying to get people who have a heavy drinking problem help is that there's a lot of judgment towards those people that why don't you just have enough willpower? Willpower doesn't work. It's not a willpower thing. It's not a, you know, it's a habit. And Annie Grace talks a lot about the um, cycle of craving and withdrawal that we create when we drink and then don't drink during the day and then drink at night or whatever. And, you know, you stop drinking and your body literally goes into a mini withdrawal. Um, And so, you know, I was I was there. That's that's where I was. Um, But uh, that's I mean, I've mentioned it multiple times the biggest tool for me has been, was Annie Grace's books um the this naked mind and the alcohol experiment i read both of them and they were both ones that were amazing to help me uh julie did you have anything that you leaned on i did read the books but it wasn't i didn't use the the books at the time that that I felt like I was ready to make the big shift. I think for me, it was just like, I was just, there was just something deep inside of me that knew that I needed to change. And yoga community is really important to me. So of course I leaned on my yoga community as just, okay, this is, this is the path that I want to go down. And this is the support system that I have is just showing up on my mat for sure. Absolutely helped me with that. And being around people here at Yoga Story and having those good examples like you, you were already sober and there were other people that I had talked to that were sober. Um, that's really been my, my main coping thing. And also just having very honest conversations with my family mm-hmm. and just being really honest about it and just not hiding it and just saying, this is what's going on with me and I'm struggling and um, this is what I'm gonna do about it. And that was really liberating so I would say that was a coping tool. Um, I'm not in therapy, although I recommend it, and I have been in therapy off and on all my life. I'm in therapy. I love it. <laughs> I, I love my therapist. I love you. <laughs> I'm going to send her this podcast. 
<laughs> but I kind of, well, Lynn's my therapist. So, you know, I just, like I said, I have a really good support system here. I feel like I can come in and share anything with anybody, and I feel like this is a safe space. But I'm lucky in, in that aspect. Um, so I would have to say that, that was, that's really been my number one thing is yoga and then also exercise, getting enough sleep, picking up other habits instead of sitting down with a glass of wine and watching TV, guess what? I've stopped watching a lot of TV. (laughs) I mean, I've removed myself from that situation so that I'm not sitting there going, well, I really would like to have a drink while I'm watching, you know, Game of Thrones. I mean, it's because I connected those two. Mm -hmm. So you have to break that. For me, I find you have to break that association. That association. So that's another thing that I did was breaking the association. Yeah. Um, I had another friend that also uh, quit drinking at the same time, but otherwise, outside of that, I didn't really feel like I had a ton of community support because everybody was really questioning, like, why? <laughs> why, why would you do that? Um, but outside of the books, uh, it was coming to my mat. Was we were doing so much yoga so much yoga to get all of the virtual stuff and there were teachers that couldn't teach and then we had to save on payroll so we were doing a lot of the physical classes ourselves virtually and it helped that I had something to show up for and it helped that I felt good afterwards I didn't feel like crap Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like crap coming into the class I felt good showing up on my mat. So that drove me to continue the habit over and over and over again of not drinking is how good I felt. Um, And then how, you know, as I started to now Ironman train, like my training has been amazing and the swimming and the biking and the running has all felt so strong and I've progressed in a way that I didn't used to do before. Uh, And I think a lot of that is contributed to no drinking and better rest and better nutrition. My body can absorb now (laughs) nutrients (laughs) to actually repair the muscle and recover correctly. Um, But speaking of yoga, as a yoga teacher, how did you feel uh, with the connection of your drinking and what we are trying to authentically is we're not just showing up to teach a fitness class. I really feel like every teacher here at Yoga Story is trying to live their yoga. So how did you feel showing up to teach a yoga class and and being a drinker at the time? Uh, Not authentic. And I, I, it's a, it was a, a battle, a struggle that it was really tearing me up inside because I really do care about people and I care about my students and I want to have the right energy for them and I want to do do the right thing by them and I wasn't able in my mind to give them that and that that was just I just felt it just felt wrong for me um and I just felt like I needed to be real about it um because that's how we heal oh my gosh yeah it's just being real and honest and you know, like I said, I, I, I feel very different now teaching. I mean, I feel like, and I talk a lot in my classes about um, being authentic and pushing past fear and, you know, making change because, I mean, I'm telling you, I've, I've lived through a lot of stuff and um, this is the, the, the current chapter of just trying to get sober and the goal of being 300 hours certified and trying to do more with my yoga practice. I mean, it all kind of came together at the same time. 
So, um, but yeah, I felt like I just wasn't being true to myself or the community, really. Yeah. Um, now that you've been sober for several, several months, let's say so November, and this is almost July, yeah. so eight, nine months almost. Yeah. Creeping around. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what differences do you feel? Like the issues that maybe you had before and now? Well, I tell you. So this is funny because if you do read the book, um, which I highly recommend that you read Annie Grace's book, she talks about what alcohol is. And it's ethanol, friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is ethanol that you are putting in your system. And... Um, So if you really stop and think about that and you think about, you know, especially as much as I was drinking, I mean, the impact physically that it would, that it was doing to my body was just, it was wrecking it. Um, I feel so much better. I can still, every day I tell, I can see a little bit more of a difference, even as this much time has gone on. It's like, there's still more improvement. There's still more changes. I don't have as many issues with my rheumatoid arthritis. I was just about to ask. I didn't want to put it out there yet because it's your medical condition, but uh, do you feel better from that? I do. I feel a lot better. I don't have as many aches and pains. I'm able to consistently exercise without having any flare-ups. Um, I'm, I just feel better. I'm, I'm a good napper, so I'll always take naps. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, I'm a really good napper, but um, I sleep better at night. I sleep more soundly. I have better relationships with people. You know, I'm, I'm closer to my husband um, now than I have been in a long time. And, you know, I feel better about setting this example for my kids. So there's just so many benefits. My yoga practice feels really good. And it's funny because I've kind of moved out of fear with my practice a little bit because I was always afraid to do some things. And now I feel like I'm stepping out of that because I'm just being very real with myself. Um, so yeah, lots of health benefits. I've lost a few pounds. That's always a good plus. <laughs> I, yeah, so she talks about that in her book. Is she lost like 15 pounds from, and I, I, at first that was kind of a little bit of my motivation because we all gained a little bit of COVID weight, and I'm like, well, this will be great. I'll just get sober and lose weight. No, no, not a single freaking pound. So. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, for me. Um, I started to feel a lot of feelings, (laughs) which was really strange. I I even remember having conversations with Julie, like, am I going crazy? Because now it's, it's like a lot of feelings, a lot of wanting to cry at things that I thought were silly, a lot of really deep emotional things just came up for me and I'm still dealing with it. Like I said, I love my therapist, (laughs) XOXO, but that became one of the biggest things. Um, I don't know if I'd call it a benefit or not just yet, but I guess, I guess it's a benefit of being able to actually feel feelings, um, and not being numbed during the nighttime, you know, wherever, whenever you start drinking, um, because that carries, it carries with you. It's not just like you're drunk or, or drinking at night. Right. It's, it's a cyclical thing. And so your brain has to go through certain chemicals. Your body has to do certain things to rid yourself of the toxins from alcohol. So I think it's kind of like your brain or body are busy. Yeah. And so the feelings and emotion parts <laughs> kind of get pushed to the side. Now it's like, okay, you pushed us to the side for the last yeah. 
21 years or 20 years, however old I am, as I've been drinking since I was 19, 18, something like that. And it was, it's been, I mean, as long as I can remember, very consistent, save for pregnancy, very consistent from an early age. So to go from drinking very consistently at 18, 19, all the way up until 40 and being sober, it's like, that many years of emotions and feelings and trying to deal with a lot of hurt and a lot of stuff (laughs) has been a lot. (laughs) But it's also a benefit of being uh, sober. And and like we mentioned, you know, you do the work of sobriety. Therapy is a big, huge one. Uh, Yoga and meditation. Um, So where would you recommend somebody begin um, Julie, if you have somebody that comes up to you and be like, Hey, I'd like to, I'd like to do this too. You know, I think for me, I mean, I think you just need to recognize where you're at. I think you just need to stop and take a look at where you're at and ask yourself the question, you know, is this benefiting me? Am I doing the right thing by my body? Am I, you know, am I putting my health first? And then, um, yeah, there's some great books out there. There's, uh, you know, if you need somebody to talk to, definitely get in touch with a therapist or consult your doctor. Like for me, I, like I said, the yoga community worked for me um, because I'm just so blessed to be able to come here and practice and just feel the strength of everybody lifting me up. And you can have that too, coming here to Yoga Story. Um, but yeah, and the book, get the book and read yeah. it because it, she breaks it down in such a, a way that you understand why you're doing what you're doing, which is really interesting. If you, she breaks down the chemical process of, and, you know, dispels some of the myths and um, it's a great read. There's two books and I've read both of them. One of them is a workbook, I think, isn't it? Yeah, the Alcohol Experiment has um, an expanded edition that has some places for journaling. Um, and this naked mind, it's basically this naked mind broken down into day size, bite size pieces. Yeah. And that's where I usually recommend that people start with, because that's the book that I, I chose. There are lots of books out there and Annie Grace has a podcast in a community as well. Can't say enough, um, about her. Um, but now that you are, um, and then I've led sobriety groups, not as a, and I have to be very clear, I'm not a therapist, I'm not an AA counselor, I'm not in any way trained in this. It's more of a, let's go through this book together and discuss it, and we have themes for each week and um, things that we focus on, and so we're doing another one in October, we're doing Sober October, we'll probably do a dry January again, um, but that's a good place to begin. Yeah, it is. Um, so how do you identify yourself now? Oh, gosh, you know what? I read the other day that you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to hang on to the labels of um, now I'm sober or, <laughs> or I'm an alcoholic and I always will be kind of a thing. You know, I just, I feel like I'm finally living my best life. I really do feel that way deep in my heart. I just feel like my mind is clear. My focus is clear. I know what I want out of life. I know how to get there. You know, I know where my strength comes from, and it's just not having that veil hanging over me, you know, that I had every day, whether it be a hangover or just, you know, this suppression of feelings. That yeah. makes sense. I go ahead and identify myself as, as an alcoholic because it wasn't, 
I wasn't showing up drunk anywhere. There's definitely different degrees of alcoholism. Um, but it was definitely something that I was chemically addicted to. Like it was a cycle. Um, so while I wasn't showing up to work drunk or anywhere else or having such a bad hangover that I couldn't get out of bed and teach a 5.30 a.m. class, um, there definitely was a problem there. So I don't have any problems saying that. Kind of, I, I kind of like the shock value of it too when people look at me and say that. And I'm like, well, but let me tell you why. Let's yeah. have a conversation about it. Let's yeah. start to dispel some of this judgment uh, labeling and stigma that's attached to it and talk about what it really is yeah, for what it is. True. And that's kind of why we're doing this because I think there's just so many people out there that I, when I started talking about not drinking, I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, you know what? I quit drinking my one glass of wine every night ever since you've been posting about it on social media. And I really feel better. And I just wanted to let you know that I'm doing that. And it's so weird because like I said, there's so many labels around it that aren't that aren't necessary, and th- we don't need to put that on ourselves. I think we just need to be honest with ourselves and, and just find a good support system. Find people that um, can help you work through those things and get you where you need to be. Yep. So thank you guys for listening to us, and if you have any questions about our journey, um, please reach out to us, and you know, we've got our email on the page. If we don't, then I'll just go ahead and give it to you now. <laughs> Grow.yogastory at gmail.com. Um, and we would love to have you come to our classes and realize that this isn't self-care, it's community care. Um, we all care about each other and about helping each other live their best lives.